Today's show is sponsored by our friends at orcacoolers.com. From roto-molded coolers that keep your ice good for days. They have drinkware like the barrel, the football barrel, the shorty, the stein, the teeny, the vino. They have chasers. They have coffee campers and travelers. All sorts of stuff. It's going to keep your drinks cold or hot. You're going to have coolers that will keep ice for days. And they're bear-proof. Go to orcacoolers.com slash bourbon for 15% off your order. That's orcacoolers.com slash bourbon. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Old Limestone Mixing Water. It is the mixing water of Kentucky bourbon. We are firm believers here at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Drink however you want to drink. You want ice in it? Put ice in it. You want to put some water in it? Put water in it. And if you're going to put water in it, use water that was filtered through limestone in an aquifer that's 130 feet under the ground. Old Limestone's unique Kentucky limestone aquifer produces a rich, velvety, smooth water with hints of calcium and magnesium, which amplify flavors. Yet with no iron at all, you can make bourbon anywhere you want, but 95% of it is made in Kentucky because the water is special. Use Old Limestone water to mix. Take the taste test. Pour a bourbon neat. Sip it. Now add Old Limestone, swirl it, and sip again. Check out Old Limestone at oldlimestone.com or they're available at a store near you or online. Bourbon and Beyond. This September in Louisville, Kentucky, with Bruno Mars. The Killers. Black Keys. Brandy Carlisle. Plus Duran Duran, Billy Strings, Black Crows, The Avid Brothers, Blondie, and so many more. Bourbon and Beyond. September 14th through 17th in Louisville, Kentucky. All passes on sale now for as low as $10 down at bourbonandbeyond.com. Everyone, my name is John Edwards. I'm saying Zeke Baker. He's on assignment. Together, we make the Dad's Drink of Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us part of your day. This is take two. For those of you that could not hear the outtake for take one, I was having a lot of trouble forming sentences for some reason. I don't know why, but we are partnering with the Tennessee Whiskey Trail and our friends at the Hermitage, our new friends at the Hermitage, the home of Andrew Jackson, to bring an event that's coming April 1st. It's called Sip of History. And what better thing to go along with whiskey than history, right? Like, I know you all are thinking it. You're all sitting there going like, I love some history and some whiskey, but... But the history of whiskey is always fun. Y'all love studying that. But putting two and two together, the Tennessee Whiskey Trail is going to bring a whole bunch of distilleries out to the Hermitage, beautiful grounds at the Hermitage, and there's going to be an event. And for those of you that are sick and tired of having the same old table events and you, you know, you go get a table, you get your sample, you move on. This is outside. It's at a former president's home. The grounds are beautiful. I already know that there's going to be some big names in Tennessee whiskey that are going to be there. And and here with us to talk about it is Andy McLean from the Hermitage. This is a first for us, right? Like normally we're sitting here, we're talking about whiskey, we're talking about all this other stuff, but like Andy, how are you? Welcome to Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Hi, thank you so much. It's it's just really exciting to be here. I'm so glad that I got to make the connection with you. I've been having fun chatting and getting to know you and excited to talk about whiskey and history and all the things. 
all the things, all the things about old Hickory. I mean, the guy was so important. There is a town in Tennessee named after him. I mean, he was a president, so you'd expect that. But you don't go to Texas and like, hey, I'm in Bush, Texas. You know, like you have old Hickory, Tennessee, and that is a big deal. Andrew Jackson was, you know, on the Tennessee Supreme Court. He led the Tennessee militia in wars. The man was the hero of the Battle of New Orleans, the first governor of Florida before he came back up here. I know you're not the historian. That's why I'm throwing all this out there. You are the marketing uh, <laughs> vice president for the Hermitage. But I find it funny, Andrew Jackson, for those of you listening, because I am a history guy. I love history. For those of you wondering, Andrew Jackson actually won the popular and electoral vote in 1824, but was not elected president because there was some other stuff that happened. That's where John Quincy Adams became president. And then Jackson didn't become president until 1828. So kind of a, a fun thing. I mean, we, we still talk about today and you know, dad's drinking bourbon is not a political show. Let's just say that. But you know, you talk about who wins the popular vote versus who becomes the president. There was controversy all the way back at the sixth presidential election as a you know electoral college and all that fun stuff. Funny you say that. I was uh, working on our social media calendar for February, and there's an important date in February having to do with the very same thing you just mentioned. So folks want to know more about that, they can give us a follow on 7th President and see some artifacts related to what you were just talking about. It is super interesting. And and she did mention on Instagram, if you're trying to find the Hermitage, it's not the Hermitage. It's actually 7th President, the, the number 7, T-H, President. So you should follow the Hermitage. You should follow the, the home of Andrew Jackson. It is fun looking at all the stuff they have there. But how did you end up, Andy, tell us a little bit about yourself before we we get into this event. How did you end up at the Hermitage? I mean, have you been doing this kind of like historical stuff first or was it more the marketing and communications and then you found your way to the Hermitage? Well, I think you probably answered one of your questions earlier when you said, I'm not the history person. They didn't hire me for my historical knowledge. So we'll just put that out there. Although I have offered many times to create an Andy's tour and ticket it and see if people will buy it. And I'll just give them a tour of what I know. But so far, they haven't taken me up on that. I think it would be awesome. Yes. So I'm an Oklahoma transplant. I moved here after college to do the music thing. Isn't that why everybody comes here? And uh, and here we are. I, uh, I found a career in tourism and hospitality, fell in love with it and moved out on this side of town. I live in Hermitage. And I honestly, I was tired of driving and spending so much time in my car to get to my job and literally would drive by the Hermitage going to to work and from work every single day for like eight years. I knew our CEO from some, a board that we both served on. And so when my position came open, it was just, it was meant to be. It was a natural tie-in. I get to do tourism. I get to do hospitality. I'm in my backyard. And it, actually, I've come to really appreciate history in my tenure at the Hermitage and to see why it is important for us to talk about it and to see how history has shaped where we are today. Obviously, I have to ask, were you a singer? No. Well, people wouldn't pay for that. But <laughs> So what were you trying no, to do in music? The business side. I came here to do like promotions and um, I was going to do grad school at Belmont in music industry. And anyway, I, got, I ended up getting a job at Gaylord Opryland, spent about seven years there doing marketing and PR. Gaylord paid for me to go to grad school. So it all worked out the way that it was supposed to. And it wasn't that terrible of a drive from the Hermitage to Gaylord. Like it wasn't, but, but 
when I actually started working at the Hermitage, I had been working downtown for a few years and that was what was awful. I would spend over an hour in my car, just making it from my house to my parking garage. Funny enough. So when I first moved to Nashville in 2008, I lived in the Hermitage and then my office was out off Stewart's Ferry and then we moved the office from Stewart's Ferry to downtown. So then once we went downtown, I was driving from Hermitage to downtown and that was very short lived before I then got a downtown apartment and never looked back. It, it is. Yeah. I feel like I got so much of my life back when I stopped driving downtown. And I loved being downtown. It's like once you're down there, you can walk and go to all these cool places. And I'm, I feel like I'm so far removed from all of that now because I'm out in the burbs and I live, work and do all the things out here. But um, anyway, I, I do like basically my work is in my backyard. That's awesome. Now you're at the Hermitage. You've been, How long have you been there? Well, for four years. And Sip of History has been going on for how long? We started our very first sip of history, spring of 2020. And when I no, that's not right. Spring of 2019. Sorry. Spring of 2019. We had one distillery, big machine was there. We had a $5 cover and you could come in and chat with the folks at big machine, get some samples. They had a specialty cocktail. And um, yeah, so that was almost what, four years ago. I also don't do math. I think that was about four years ago. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Then, you know, we did it again the fall of 19. And then we had another one planned for the spring of 2020. And we know what happened then. We have grown this. The, the next time we were able to have SIPA history, once COVID restrictions were lifted, we still had to submit our events for approval from the Metro Health Department. They could tell us how many people we could safely have in an area. And they let me have 25 people. <laughs> so I had um, Big Machine came back. We had Natchez Hills uh, Winery there. They were giving out wine samples. We had live music. So we went from 25 people. The next time we had 75 people. And then we've grown it to where this is the second year that we have partnered with the Tennessee Whiskey Trail. Last year, we had right about 30 of the distilleries that are on the trail that came out. We had almost 400 visitors, 400 people that came to the event. And so this year we're growing it. It is going to be leaps and bounds bigger. And I'm so excited to see what went from a one distillery, $5 ticket to what people are going to experience when they come out to the event on April 1st. Now, what kind of things we know there's going to be over 30 distilleries there. Uh, what are they going to experience? What are the things that go along with Sip of History? So all of the tickets include the tastings from all of our friends at the distilleries. We have two breweries on tap. We have Black Abbey Brewery and Mill Creek are going to be out there with some local craft beer. Natchez Hills is another partner. So if you like wine and need to have a break in between all of the whiskey samples, you can go get um, a wine, some wine. We have live music, lawn games. And one thing that sets our event apart from others is we are dog friendly. And we found this, well, probably two years ago, as this event has grown, more and more people were bringing their pups out. And it was so fun to see people out there enjoying the scenery with their dogs that we decided to really amp that up this year. So you bring your puppy out. You can get a professional photo of your dog taken with the backdrop of the Hermitage. We have an off-leash dog park area set aside. And then the folks over at Ranger Stitch are going to be on hand, thanks to our friends at Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery, to stitch your dog's name on a custom bandana. Lots of fun things for your dog. And I would be remiss if I you mentioned why this event is so much different than the other ones that people can go to. It's set on the grounds of the Hermitage which in and of itself is awesome. We are an 1,100-acre National Historic Landmark, and your ticket includes access to the site. 
You can pop in and out of the whiskey festival and you can go walk the ground. You can come before the event starts and walk the grounds, which your ticket also includes access to our museum where you can watch our film. You can obviously go through the museum. You can see the the carriage that Jackson rode in um, when he was president. It was like his Air Force One. And we have that on display and it's really cool. It's the real Um, one though from when he was there? It's the real one. It's really cool. We have it on display. It's one of my favorite things about the whole property is that carriage is there. And and just to see how little it is and like they had to be little people, one and two. You couldn't take all of the stuff that we all take with us now when we go on a trip. I mean, they only had like two suits. My hair products alone would cover everything, all the space in the carriage. I mean, they had, at those days, they had like, what? oh, I'm looking at it right now. I just Googled it. Like, I don't think I could fit in that. It's so little. And to know, he didn't ride by himself. He had at least somebody else in there with him. I mean, they didn't have like secret service back then, did they? I don't know. I mean, did they have like the presidential guards? He had to have somebody with him to protect him. Although Jackson so. was a cool dude. He he defended himself against somebody that was trying to attack him and he hit him with his cane. I, w- I mean, uh, he's a war hero. What else would you expect <laughs> from the man? You know, it's like, hey, I'm out of the military. I'm out. I don't do that anymore. It's oh, like, I don't do that anymore. Go ahead and beat me up. <laughs> it's like Steven Seagal in Under Siege where he's like the cook and he's like, I don't do that anymore. I just cook. And then yeah. all of a sudden, like people are trying to take over the sub and Andrew Jackson goes into war mode, takes a musket and like defends the White House from everyone. <laughs> Actually, that's a fun movie idea. I know. Um. I just made a movie. I know. <laughs> this summer, one man. Defends the White House. Anyway, you can, like do a zoom in on the bullet that was lodged in his chest too. Wait, he had a bullet lodged in his chest? He had a bullet lodged in him. Yeah. So when he first died, they suspected it was from heart failure. And it was in the 90s, I think, that they come back. They said it was actually lead poisoning that killed him because he carried this bullet around in his body. Did he get shot in the war? Again, not the history person. I'm assuming it was the war. <laughs> <laughs> But I did read that fact this morning about in the 90s. They were like, no, it actually wasn't a heart attack. It was lead poisoning. Oh, that's crazy. This wagon is super small. I can't get over it. Super small. Right. Um, But if you come in, you do a tour of the mansion, too. You see, like, how small all of our furniture was, too. Like, we as people have just gotten bigger over the years. I th- seriously we have and and I'm not even being funny about this like we have got a lot bigger over the years and taller like closets I mean think about the closets that you have and you see an old house like the house I grew up in was built in the 1800s in New England and it was super tiny like for closets and it was the one thing that like you look at our houses now and there's big walk-in closets everywhere but nope and they're all filled right we have just so much stuff that we just we have to have closets upon closets to fill all of our, with all of our stuff um and they didn't have the stuff back then but the house itself the mansion is pretty big for you know one that was built in that day i mean that house is not a, a small house for the the time 
Yes, it it was obviously built um, into phases. So they built it in one thing before um, Jackson went off to D.C. And then the mansion caught fire. And so there was a renovation and some additions. And he began realizing, too, when he was in D.C. that when I come back, I'm going to need to entertain. So I'm going to need to have some more space. And so the mansion did undergo um, some changes to it. It doesn't look like it did when it was first built. But still, to your point of there wasn't room to just store your stuff. There was like a linen closet in a hallway. They didn't have closets their bedrooms it was more about the space i think like Mm -hmm. you know like the the living room is big but there's not a lot of storage because like what you have and i i also think and i i know i'm going off on a tangent here but the need to accumulate stuff in 1820 was not the same need to accumulate stuff in 2020 you know like it's just completely different completely different i will say this may get us kind of back on topic one area where there was space to store things was Jackson's wine cellar. He had an impressive wine cellar, was known for importing European wines. We have receipts of different wines that he purchased. And I know when the mansion caught fire when he was in D.C., a letter back home, he was asking, not necessarily how the family was, how was my wine? Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, there also was a distillery on site. Was he like Washington where he made rye or was he making more of like Tennessee whiskey at that point? So I think the jury is still out on that. I did ask some of our historians last week so for some more information on this. And the only thing I really got back that was conclusive is, yes, we know there was a still. We don't necessarily know where it was. We kind of know in the roundabout area where it was, but they don't really know much more than that. That's interesting that like they don't know more. I don't know. I don't know if it was him that did it. I don't know if maybe some of his heirs were the ones that built the still and used it. I, I'm not really sure. But I do. we do have evidence that something was there. We just don't know what and where. And then also, I hear just fun facts that Andrew Jackson had a cussing parrot. What can you tell me about Paul, this? Paul the parrot. He was an African gray parrot. And he, I guess, as parrots do, picked up on things that he would hear. And um, they actually had the parrot out. Jackson's funeral was held um, and the parrot was part of the funeral and he started cussing and the reverend overseeing the service actually asked for them to move the parrot and remove him from the ceremony because he was saying not so nice words. And it's funny because we have, um, we have had an audio tour that you can listen to when you're on our property. And there's three different tracks that you could go down when you're listening to the audio tour. And the children's one used Paul the parrot as its mascot, which is just ironic and funny because I'm like, <laughs> you don't really know that that was a cussing parrot. Now your kids are listening. Paul wasn't cussing in the kids' store, but you know what I'm saying. It's just funny that he was the mascot. And like, all I want to know now are what are the words that he cussed? Like, what was Jackson's favorite cuss word? <laughs> like, was he an F-bomb guy? Was he an S-bomb guy? Like, what do you even know? I don't. That's a, That would be, a, I guess, a fun thing for me to ask our team to research. <laughs> yeah, like you should like... Next thing on Instagram, like, do you realize that Andrew Jackson's favorite word was the F-bomb? Like, <laughs> as told by Paul the Parrot. As told by Paul the Parrot, yeah. And when you come on the tour of the mansion and you look inside um, Jackson's office, there is a parrot cage that's sitting there. And it pays homage to our feathery friend. I mean, like, he has crazy stuff in this office. Like, I, I mean, there's like a gold spittoon right next to his uh, lounge chair over there. There's mm-hmm. some good stuff. This office, I love Google. It's kind of fun that I could be <laughs> looking at this stuff right while you're doing things. 
don't tell people that and they won't come see us. <laughs> no, I mean, you got to see it in person. This just gives me an idea. There's something you can see a picture. Let's be honest. You could see a picture yes. of this stuff, but then when you actually go and you see the, the size, like exactly what we were talking about, like the size of the chair, you see a picture and that chair might look generous. And then you get there mm-hmm. and you're like, damn, that's a tiny chair. It's a tiny chair. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you could see it in the picture you're looking at, but he had a decanter, has a decanter set um, that's on that table next to that red chair. I missed it. I went back. I got caught up trying to go room by room. Oh, no, I see it. I see it there. It is on the desk. It's got some good stuff here. What about, I mean, I, I'm seeing stuff in the Google thing where it says get spooked by history. So like, is mm-hmm. the hermitage haunted? Is there something there? I mean, a lot of history happened right there, right? We have a cemetery on the property where the family and descendants are buried. Friends are buried there. Personally, I'm not there after dark, so. You've never had to, like, work late and, like, a door opened and you don't know what happened? I try to wrap up my business so that I'm out of there before it's dark. All my coworkers know it's getting dark. Let's let Andy get out of here. I I mean, I had to be there. I, our interpreters, the ones that do the tours through the mansion, I have heard stories of things that they have witnessed and encountered, things that our visitors have said. Um, and we do offer ghost tours in the fall. They sell out every year, but it is on that very thing. It's not come and this guy's going to jump out and scare you with a chainsaw. They are retelling stories of things that have happened on the property. So, like, what's one thing that's happened on the property? You have to know, like, the best one. I don't know if it's it's the best one, but the one that sticks out in my mind that I've heard is, so Rachel Jackson passed away right before Jackson went to D.C. to be president. So she never made it to Washington as first lady, which is tragic. So he went to uh, be our president as a widower. But when he came back from serving as president, he would end his day. And they ended their day fairly early in the afternoon, like 4 o'clock. But he was in his day by walking to the garden where Rachel was laid to rest. And I have heard stories about how gardeners or people have been out in the garden around that time of day and they've heard footsteps. And they look around and there's nobody there. Wow. He actually was uh, the first president, I think, to have a sex scandal in the the White House. And it wasn't that he was necessarily seeing anyone. It's just that he defended the woman who uh, people were accusing of doing other things. He, he right? Like, you, you have to know a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, Rachel was married before Jackson. We don't know a lot about that marriage other than it, it wasn't a good one. And she left that husband, John Robards, to go live with her family. Her parents had a boarding house here in Nashville. And so Rachel left that marriage to go stay with her parents, thinking that her marriage had been finalized and dissolved in divorce. Andrew Jackson was somebody that came and stayed at the boarding house. That's how they met. And they fell in love. And so they actually traveled down. I don't know why. But anyway, they traveled to Natchez, Mississippi, and they got married there. And they were living as husband and wife this whole time. And then it came out that actually she wasn't divorced. And so they had to take care of that. And then they had they got married again. Crazy. But then, and obviously, when you run for office, stuff comes up about your past. They, they dig up the dirt. And this came up, and it was part of his campaigns. It was stuff that he had to deal with. He ran for president. And they say that um, Rachel actually died of heartbreak because her heart was so broken over what people were saying about her. That's sad. Yeah, that's a bummer. But Yeah. So, I mean, it was a scandal, but neither one of them, they didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they thought they did it right. They thought they, right. they thought they checked the boxes. So this sip of history, it's April 1st. What time is it? Because it's during the day. 
It is during the day. It's from two to five um, on Saturday, April 1st. And that's not an April Fool's joke. It, it's really happening that day. And it's perfect because you can actually go, you can get some lunch, go down to the property, walk around for a couple hours, then go to sip a history and then go out to dinner. Exactly. If you don't get too imbibed, but yes, no. you can. <laughs> we don't want that to happen. We will have... Um, FKS Kitchen is um, one of our partners on on the property. They run the cafe that we have on the property, and they're going to be there giving out free bites to everybody that has a ticket. Um, but we've also lined up a few food trucks as well. So come and grab some food and, and drink and bring your dog. We do encourage people to bring lawn chairs. That is something that I found to be really fun last year was that whiskey people know how to do festivals. And they would come with their chairs, with their baskets, and they were like, I am here. This is, oh, I'm from Oklahoma. I said that, right? So yeah. in your history, guy, you probably know about the Great Land Run of 1889 when Oklahoma people went and they were able to just go grab the land that they wanted. So people at Sip at History would just come and kind of grab their plot of the hermitage. Like, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. This is where I'm sitting for Sip at History. It's kind of like far and away. Yes. If, if yes. you want to really go back, I mean, that that's basically what the land grab was. It was Tom Cruise looking at a horse going, I do not wish to fight you. And then he punches the horse. <laughs> Gosh. You know, the whole thing, I, I it's a great event. I am going to be doing something at the event. I don't know. I hope so. I don't know 100% what it is yet. We're, we're figuring that out. So for those of you listening, like, I don't know if I'll be at a VIP area. I don't know if... I'm going to walk around on social media. I know my friend Katie Garrett, who owns Old Hickory Whiskey Bar, will be there along with her friend Courtney Cantrell, who they do a podcast, Whiskey is Served. So we're all going to team up and do something. Old Hickory Whiskey Bar is in Pensacola, and it is, you know, exactly modeled after Andrew Jackson. So it's perfect that we called her up and got her up here too. Over 30 distilleries are going to be there. I'm going to be there. Andy's going to be there. The Nelson brothers will be there from uh, Nelson's Greenbrier. I'm sure Jack will send somebody good. There's going to be great people. George Dickel is going to be there. So Cascade Hollow Distilling. So for those of you wondering, we have Lost State, Leatherwood, Big Machine, Old Tennessee, Chattanooga Whiskey, Pritchard's, Postmodern, Old Dominic, George Dickel, Sugarlands, Company Distilling, BR Distilling, Corsair Distillery, Standard Proof Whiskey, Old Smoky, Roaring River, Leaper's Fork, Old Glory, Nelson's Greenbrier, and more to come. Jack isn't on here yet. We got to get Jack on here. Jack is coming. They confirmed with me this week. Uncle Nearest too was a new addition this week. So there's a lot of people coming. It's going to be great. Yes, it's going to, like I said, it's so fun. It's just fun to get people out to the property who may not otherwise come to the Hermitage, but that's what we like. And that's why we do these events so that we can show people, hey, you can come here for whether it's a whiskey festival or maybe it's a painting with the president type of thing or it's a lecture, whatever. They come to this event and they're like, oh, wait, this is actually kind of a neat place. And it's something that you can visit again and again. You don't just come one time and check it off your list. We've got things going on all the time. And yeah. so that's why we invest the time and the money to do events like this, because it's just important to appeal to everybody. Yeah, we have now added Old Forge, Nashville Craft, Tennessee Legend, Mossback Distilling, Dam Whiskey Corp, Jack Daniels, Uncle Nearest. So a whole bunch of people that will be there. And the tickets right now, it's $85 a ticket. The pups are there. There's a whole bring your own lawn chairs, 
rain or shine. I'm sorry, you you have listeners from all over because you're so popular. <laughs> People are wanting to come and make a weekend out of this. Um, our our good friends at Drury Hotels has set up a special room rate just for Sip of History attendees. And there's one of their hotels just about 10 miles up the road. You can stay downtown Nashville if you want. So you can come and really make a weekend in Nashville as long as Sip of History is part of your lineup. How do they find out the room rate from Drury? Yeah. So you just want to go to thehermitage.com. Um, we've got a Sip of History page that's all about this event. And there is a section on there about the room rate with Drury Hotels. Oh, there it is. You get the Sip of History Festival rate or the yes. pro. I love, I love the promo code. Smooth. Yeah. And now you're going to get up to 15% off the room rates. So that's a cool thing. I love this event. I love everything about it. I love merging history with some whiskey. I love that it is a different type of venue than where things typically are. You know, typically it's a convention room in a hotel. There's a bunch of tables. You sit around there. It's the same thing. Wash, rinse, and repeat. People just walking around getting a sample. I love events that are outside. April is going to be that time in Nashville where it's not too hot and it's not too cold. It's like that Goldilocks temperature time. So come on out to the Hermitage April 1st. Hang out with me. Hang out with Andy. Hang out with all of our friends. Anything else you want to say before we close out? I mean, besides go to thehermitage.com slash sip dash of dash history. But if you go to hermitage.com and just search for sip of history, you're going to find it. Yeah, it's going to be right there. And again, follow us on social media. We're seventh president on all of them because we are sharing up-to-date information about all of the things coming with sip of history. Yeah, it's going to, I am, I'm really excited about this event. Like I said, we started with one distillery, $5 ticket to where we're, you know, we're going to have five or 600 people out. Um, this April for this one event and all these distilleries. And it's just, it's fun. I can't wait. Make sure to go to the hermitage.com. Follow seventh president. You can find us dad's drinking bourbon on Facebook at dad's drinking bourbon, Twitter at bourbon dads, Instagram at dad's drinking bourbon. Please leave us an open, honest review. Just like we leave open, honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. I know this was a little bit different of a show, but Andy, thank you so much for being on with us. This was a blast learning a little bit more about Andrew Jackson, our seventh president, as well as drinking at his house. Like, thank you very much, Andy, for letting us come over and drink your booze. So glad that that we did this. And I just have to put a plug in again. I'm not the history person. I'm the marketing girl that works with the history girl. So if anything I said is not right, let me know. <laughs> Take it easy on me, though. <laughs> Cheers, y'all.